we sang and uh, thank you musicians. You saw what happened to me back there. You're laughing at me. <laughs> uh, we sang a song. Uh, the last song we sang, Draw Me Close. Remember that? Draw Me Close. Let your love surround me. And then we talked, we sang about uh, rise up with wings like eagle, right? So the message is titled Like Eagles. Like Eagles. Amen. Father, we thank you. Minister to us tonight by your spirit. Open our eyes. Take the blinders off. So we know how to approach you. And how to grow in Christ. In Jesus name. Amen. The thing about the word of God. And about our faith. Is to grow in faith. And get to know God better. That's all. That's why we come to church. That's why we want to. To worship the Lord. So we can get to know him better. And there are ways to know God and to know him better. Psalm 103. How many of you remember Psalm 103? It's my favorite psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. So you're not supposed to forget any of his benefits. Well, some Christians do forget some of his benefits. Uh, they enjoy some, and they don't bother with the rest of them. <laughs> you know, they, but he says, do not forget any of his benefits. They was telling his soul not to forget. But verse 4 says, who redeems your life from destruction? Who redeems your life from destruction? You know, many times when we look at this scripture, all we're thinking about is destruction from hell, you know, going to hell. God is taking us away from hell, so we're not going to be destroyed that way. But it's more than that. It's a lot more than just not going to hell. He's talking about destruction here while you are living on the earth. He redeems your life from destruction, who crowns your head with loving kindness and tender mercies. That means he crowns your head. Don't forget this benefit. Remember, you are wearing two crowns everywhere you go. Amen? Amen. Two crowns. One of the crowns is called loving kindness. So everywhere you go, God has crowned your life with loving kindness. You have it. It's a crown upon your life. God placed that crown upon your life. So you have loving kindness, and then you also have tender mercies, all coming from the Lord. And the Bible says, He satisfies your mouth with good things. Some old manuscripts say that, translate that word mouth as age. Others translate that as desire. But it satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I think Michael West will like that. (laughs) (laughs) He's not here. He's going to find us soon. Yes, Michael is out. He heard it and he came out to fight. (laughs) He'll renew your youth. (laughs) <laughs> he
he's going to be a senior citizen. No, he's getting it. And I am a seasoned citizen, you know. I like this scripture a lot, you know. He'll renew so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And that's what the Bible tells us. Some, somehow, God has made the eagle to be able to renew its youth and regain strength. But there is a way to get to this. There's a way to get to this. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it tells us, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But those who wait on the Lord, only those who wait on the Lord will be able to renew their strength. So to have strength, to renew your strength, to be your, your youth to be renewed, for your youth to be renewed, you are to take this one thing, is very important, waiting on the Lord. Not everyone wants to do this. But God is saying, those who wait on the Lord, only those who wait on the Lord will be able to renew their strength. You can't do it of your own. You, it takes waiting for you to be able to renew your strength and become like the eagles. So we need our strength renewed. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 52, 1 and 2. I'm not sure. I don't think it's on the screen. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garment, it says. Your beautiful, what? Garments. We talk about that on Sunday. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. And then it says, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come in to you. So if you don't put on your strength, if you don't wait on the Lord, you have no strength. And you can't put on your beautiful garment. And if you don't, then you are open, you, are, you have access for the enemy the unclean, the uncircumcised will come in. So waiting on the Lord is so important. It says in verse 2, Shake yourself from the dust. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Lose yourselves from the bones of your neck, off your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Now the Bible says, For those who wait on the Lord, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. Seagulls. Mounting up above the clouds of doubt. The clouds of despair. Difficult times. Difficult times will always come. But if you haven't waited on the Lord, you cannot rise above it. You will be destroyed by it. So the things that hold men down, that prevent people from rising up, those things cannot get to you if you've spent time waiting on the Lord. 
you look at the scripture here, and I had never considered this before. He says, they shall run and not be weary. And I'm wondering, why should we be running? Where are we running to? Well, you need to recognize that we are in a race. We're in a race. That's why you run and not be weary. Some will become weary because they don't spend time waiting on the Lord. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, he says, Do you not know? Don't you realize? Don't you know that those who run in a race all run? If you are running in a race, everyone is running. Everyone is running. And we are in a race. All of us, we're running. But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And one way to run to obtain it is to wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will run and not be weary. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. See? I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We are in a race. And the tendency is to be weary. Because we are running in a race. But if you wait on the Lord, then you will run and not be weary in this race of faith. But if you don't spend time waiting on the Lord, you may run for a while, but before long, weariness will set in, and you will need encouragement. That is what is needed, waiting on the Lord. If time permits, we will talk about what this really means, waiting on the Lord. A lot of Christians are not waiting on the Lord anymore. Uh, They are doing their things. They are very busy. And they are not waiting. But remember what Jesus told us in in, uh, Matthew chapter 7, the very end of Matthew chapter 7. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to be a wise person that builds his house on the rock. Because the wind will blow. The storm will come on every life. The flood will come. But if you are not planted on the rock, you're not going to make it. It doesn't matter who you are, it's coming. It comes to every life. On every life, it will rain. Some clouds will come. If you've waited on the Lord, then you can handle it. No doubt, if you have spent time waiting on the Lord, you certainly will make it. But if you have not been spending time waiting on the Lord, you'll get weary, you'll get discouraged. Other thoughts will get into your mind. And you will faint. It says, they shall walk and not faint. Paul tells us in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. If you wait on the Lord, you walk and not faint. The word faint there means discouraged. Discouraged. 
For we walk by faith, not by sight. When you are not waiting on the Lord, the things that are coming into your life, that's what you look to. You walk by sight, not by faith. You will get discouraged. So waiting on the Lord is so important. But they, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. No doubt you will. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There are great benefits in waiting. I'd like to read this scripture for you. It's so important. Isaiah 49 verse 23. Very, very important. I came, you know, looked at this scripture during this week and uh, during the week. And it really ministered to me when you wait on the Lord. Look at what the Bible says and how God can move things around for you. Especially if you're waiting on the Lord, just waiting on him. Uh, it says, kings shall be your foster fathers. Kings shall be your foster fathers. And their queens, your nursing mothers. They shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth. They are nursing you, but they are bowing down to you. And lick up the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Because of all, they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. They will not be ashamed. Even though you're going through difficult times, if you're waiting on the Lord, God is going to arrange kings. People who have the ability to make you, they'll come into your life all of a sudden. And they'll respect you, they'll look up to you, but they're feeding you, they're helping you to get to your destiny. Because you are waiting on the Lord. See? They'll come. They don't know why. And they, they are the ones lifting you up. They have all the power, the kings and the queens, but they bow to you. Because the one who waits on the Lord shall never suffer shame. No matter how long it's been. You wait on the Lord. It's so important. Great benefit. This was the secret of Jesus' success. Waiting. And we're going to be talking more about waiting. What does this mean? What does waiting mean? For some people, waiting means, you know, to wait for God to do something. That's not what he's talking about. And I've prayed I'm waiting for God to do something. That's not what he's talking about. Jesus was one who waited on his father. You know, if you read in John uh, John chapter 5, some people confronted Jesus because he had healed somebody on the Sabbath day. And Jesus' reply was, my father walks until now. He's walking until now, and I'm walking as well. And then he told them, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Because the father is walking and I'm walking. What I see my father doing, that's exactly what I'm doing. And I'm thinking, when did he see his father doing these things? When? Outside? No. I believe he saw all of this in secret. Remember what Jesus said? This has to do with prayer. 
He said, when you pray, not if you pray. He says, pray in secret, right? That doesn't mean you can't pray in public, but it's between you and your God. See? Pray in secret. And he says, your father who, your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret, will do what? Will reward you openly. See? He understood that. Jesus will spend time with his father, long time with his father, in secret. But when he comes down, that's what I believe. When I believe he sees everything that the father is doing. I'm amazed. This is the son of God. If I, you know, as a human being, you know, natural mind, I am the son of God. I know I came from heaven. I won't pray. Right? Why should I pray? I came from heaven. You know what I mean? What was he looking for? What was he asking for? He had all things. That was the son of God. And yet the son of God will rise early, long hours before dawn. And one scripture said he went and he spent the whole night praying. That's the son of God without sin. What was he looking for? That's waiting on the Lord. And he left us an example to wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They walk and not faint. Jesus knew that scripture very well. He practiced it. We need to do it. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35, it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. I read another scripture, Luke chapter 5 verse 15 through 16. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. After he had healed a lot of people. And great multitudes came together to hear. And to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So you know what the ministers, I'm so busy. God is using me. You know what I mean? Every pe- people are getting healed. Great multitude. I got to minister. I'm doing God's work. So I don't, but often the Bible says often Jesus withdrew himself from the crowd to be alone with his father. Today's minister will be so busy. God is doing so much. He doesn't have time to pray. That's not waiting on the Lord. He will always do that. He did that. Luke chapter 6 verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. That's our example. Luke 9 verse 28, 29. Now it came to pass about eight days after these saints that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. He could have just gone in there, no no prayer, and God do it to me. Let my disciples see. 
But that didn't happen. He went up primarily to pray. And it is, it, this happened, this is the transfiguration, this happened only while he was praying. You need transfiguration, you need to spend that time with God. You need to wait on the Lord. It just doesn't come that way. Before long, you will be fighting the things of God and you won't even be aware of it. Because you are not spending time praying. Spending time with the Lord. So, what does waiting on the Lord involve? First thing is waiting on the Word. See? It's not just prayer. It's waiting on the Word. Sometimes just spending time with the Word of God. Just staring at the Word. Maybe one verse, two verses or something. I mean, I'm not talking about that devotional thing that you read. Just one scripture to make you feel good and you run out. God, you understand. Amen. And then you run out. (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. God knows your heart. If this is special to you, we are drawn to the things that are special to us, right? You give time to the things that will benefit your life. You spend eight hours working because you know that's going to benefit your life. If you know, if you really believe that spending time with God is going to benefit your life, you do it. You're not doing it because you really don't believe. So it's better you run out to get it done because if you don't, it's not going to be, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be done. It can't be done. So you, got, you have to do it. But if you trust in the Lord, you spend time with Him, you wait on Him. Then you get your strength. That's where it is. This is the secret. You have to pray. You have to pray. You have to spend time with the Lord. You have to spend time with the Word in prayer. Sometimes just reading the Word will elicit a lot of prayer coming out of you. Different from the normal kind of, I mean, ordinary prayer. Just looking at the Word. Because God then opens your eyes during that time of prayer you take your bible maybe take a book and i'm going to pray and god begins to show you things and when you come out of that place your closet he's going to reward you openly you have to spend that time look at this scripture here luke chapter 10 Verse 41 and 42. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you remember this? How many of you remember that story? Martha was busy doing all the work and she got very upset. Jesus, why, you know, tell my sister to come and help me serve. And Jesus replied, Martha, Martha. That's not good when Jesus calls your name two times. (laughs) You're in real trouble. That's bad news for you. You You're in trouble. Martha, Martha, he said, you are worried and troubled about many things. See? Sometimes the fact that you're so busy trying to get along is because you're troubled by many things. You may be doing just one thing. She was serving, but she had other things in her mind. Serving. Not just serving the people. Jesus said, you have too many worries, woman. He says, but one thing is needed. How many things? One. How many things do we need? One. And he says, and Mary has chosen the good part. 
which will not be taken away from her. If you read the story, Mary was just enthralled. She sat down before Jesus and just listening to the word of God pouring into her life. She was getting more out of life than Martha trying to serve just for Jesus. I'm sure in their conversation, there could be questions. What about this? She's been enlightened. Having wisdom, revelation from God himself is bigger than going out. So you wait on the Lord using his word, spending some time. Uh, There's been times in my life, sometimes here in the morning, sometimes at home, and I'm looking at the scripture and it's like God just opens your eyes. And you can't help us whipping us. You know what that is. And then a few words come out of your mouth in prayer. Believe me, that's more than just speaking in tongues for a long time. Because it's coming out of revelation that God just gave to you. And it touches the heart of God. So we have to do that. It's more important. The second thing is waiting with the word and prayer. Just the word first. The word and prayer. This happened with King uh, David. You remember the story, uh, Nathan, God, uh, David told Nathan, I want to build a sanctuary for God. I want to build a sanctuary for God. And uh, Nathan said, good, go ahead and do this. And Nathan walked out because he was a prophet of God. He just thought, you're a man of God. God is with you. You are the king. You got the money. Do it. And God will bless you for it. And he took off. As he stepped out, God said, go back and tell him. He's not going to do it. His son would do it. And then God said to David through Nathan, you know how I took the kingdom away from Saul. I'll never do that to you. Because you have a heart for my house. He said, I won't do that to you. Even if your, your son sin, I will still forgive them. I'll keep them with me. I won't take them off. To cast them away like I did so. You know, David was afraid of that all his life. Read Psalm 51. He saw what happened to Saul. He didn't want that at all in his life. And here God confirmed it. The throne will always remain with you in your house. And you know what David did? He was overwhelmed. You know, he had the word of God already spoken to him. He took the word of God. You know what we'll do? We'll run around, pick up the phone. Guess what God spoke to me, right? Is that what most people would do? If you knew for sure that that was God speaking to you, pick up the phone, I'm going to call Fred, I'm going to call my wife. Oh, look, God just said this to me, so wonderful. He didn't do that. He went into the temple. And you know what he did? He sat down before God. We don't know how long. Just soaking everything God has spoken to him from the word. Let me read it to you. Second Samuel chapter 7 verse 18. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. He went to the temple and he sat before God. How long? We don't know. He was sitting there. I probably never saw God, but that was the presence of God. He just sat down before God. Meditating on what God has spoken to him through the prophet. How many times have you sat before God in prayer time, you know, and then you're thinking about the word, what God has spoken to you. A lot of people want God to speak to them, but he has a lot of words here, right? You sit before him, meditate on that. 
And then after that, David began to speak. Who am I, O Lord God? Because of what is heard from the word. Who am I? And what is my house that you have brought me this far? And you can read the scripture. He was so grateful to the Lord. But then notice what he did. After he mentioned everything that God had said, then he told God, Now, Lord, I want you to do exactly what you said to me through your servant. I want you to do that. He used the prophecy and told God in prayer, I want you to do that. He waited on the Lord. Amen? He didn't run out. He went to God. He waited on God and God blessed him. Third thing, fasting. Mark 2, 2 verse 19 and 20. And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? Notice, friends of the bridegroom. Who is the bridegroom? Jesus. Who are his friends? He says, we don't have to fast while he was with us. As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast in those days. These are the days. That's part of waiting on the Lord. You wait on God, fasting. Jesus didn't say, if you fast. He said, when you fast, you fast in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you fast, Jesus fasted. He was in the wilderness for how many days? 40 days. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, when he came out of the wilderness, he came with power. So we need to spend that time. Fourth thing in our clothes is praising God. All of this is not like I'm going to do one today and tomorrow I'm going to do number two. No, you can do all of it at once, okay? Ministers like to break them, you know, so we can have point number one, point number two, and point number three. It's all, you can do all of this together. You can use the word. You can be fasting and praying at the same time. And at the same time praising God. All of these are involved in waiting on the Lord. All of this. The Bible says in Psalm 50 verse 23. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. Anytime you are offering praise to God. You are glorifying God. And to him who orders his conduct aright. I will show the salvation of God. Basically, as you offer praise, God works on your behalf. He shows you salvation, not just to be saved from sin, but salvation to be free from things that are hindering your progress. Because the scripture has promised us, we shall be above and not beneath. Head and not tail. Would you stand up with me tonight? Let's wait on the Lord so we can live lives like the eagles. We'll rise up like the eagles. We have strength. We won't faint because we know our God is with us. We are not easily discouraged by what we are going through. We can go through them knowing God is with me. It's, it's, it's really difficult when things are not going well. If you are not spending time with God, it's very hard to feel like God is still with me. 
Because uh, the circumstances are speaking real loud. And sometimes humans will give voice to it, speak the same words to you. But if you know that you've been waiting on the Lord, definitely you will rise. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for healing your people. And again, I want to thank you for our special guests. Be with them, Lord God, and, and prosper them. Give them that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened. They will know the hope of their calling. And we pray that for every one of us, that we may know you even better. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless.